we have not weeded out algorithmic bias. And so we could be baking into our systems discriminatory practices that will be with us for another generation. You compress that now into AI-generated content. Now you have the ability to be disruptive. And when I say disruptive, it's, it, it can be very, very harmful. The Senate and the House need to be on the same page so that we are creating law that is keeping up with the modernization of our civil society. We're not quite there yet, and I'm not content with where we are. I feel an urgency uh, to get us to where we need to be. We, we have the knowledge and understanding, but we don't have sort of the regulatory regime uh, that truly protects the American people. Welcome to Politics is Everything, the podcast of the Center for Politics at the University of Virginia. I'm Kara Ong-Whaley. I'm Kiori Vega. And I'm Marina George. We are delighted to have with us today Representative Yvette Clark, who has served the 9th District of New York since 2013. Representative Clark has been a leader in bipartisan efforts in Congress to address generative artificial intelligence with a focus on algorithmic justice. Representative Clark, thank you so much for joining us. Well, Dr. Whaley, it's my honor to be with you and your team this morning for what I know will be an exciting conversation. Uh, Representative Clark, earlier this year, you introduced the Require the Exposure of AI-Led Political Advertisements Act, the Real Political Advertisements Act for short. Senator Amy Klobuchar has introduced the companion bill in the Senate. The bill would expand current disclosure requirements for campaign ads to include if generative AI was used to generate any videos or images in this ad. We know such ads are already being used ahead of the 2024 elections. I wonder if you can talk a little bit more about how the bill would require transparency and accountability for digital communications. Sure. Well, let me say that um, AI is with us. We use it each and every day. And it's important uh, for people to recognize that it can be an effective tool for uh, efficiency and, uh, you know, uh, taking our civil society uh, to the next level. The way that we've been able to comp compile data, um, synthesize it, analyze it, and then utilize it as a tool is a modern wonder. And having said that, uh, we know that like every uh, instrument that we have, uh, things can be weaponized and exploited. And so my uh, Real Political Ads Act would uh, make it important and possible for uh, consumers of advertising and information to know that they are actually viewing something that has been created uh, specifically to convey a, a message that the original content uh, was not intended uh, to portray. And what we do is we essentially uh, ask those who are using AI-generated content to disclose that to the viewer so that there is a disclosure that would make sure that people are aware that the information they've consumed, the advertising they've consumed, was the creation of an entity that wanted to convey a particular message. Just a quick follow-up um, on on the way in which the Real Act would be able to regulate 
How might it address the ways in which we're seeing the democratization of disinformation in many ways by individual actors? Well, what I did with the Real Political Ads Act is I, um, you know, framed it specifically uh, to address what we know is going to be the first election season where AI-generated content will be utilized. And so it, it doesn't have a wider framework. It is simply to make sure that as more and more political ads uh, hit the airwaves, hit the internet, uh, that we have disclosure so that the American people, the consumers know that, you know, this was created specifically to convey a particular message and that it was not the original uh, content uh, that uh, may have been um, used to compile uh, the messages that were being sent. Let's put it that way. However, uh, there are a whole host of other ways in which we are seeking to protect the American people with respect to the use of AI, deep fake technology, and other means that can be deceptive uh, to the American people. And similar to the disclosures that we talk about in the Real Political Ads Act, with respect to deep fake technology, we are requiring through my legislation that there is an identifiable watermark on the content so that, again, people realize and know and are informed that what they've consumed is not what's something that was created, that it's not uh, real or real time, but it was uh, a creative effort on the individual who wanted to convey a particular message. And that's my deep fakes bill. Um, and there are a lot of ways in which I believe we've not kept pace with informing the American people about uh, the ingenuity, if you will, of, of actors on the uh, internet scene uh, and the creation of content that they may be consuming that is not real. What are your concerns about the ways in which campaigns will, ha will essentially have micro-targeting on steroids with the ways in which they'll be able to use generative AI to text constituents or, or text potential voters, either to mobilize them um, or, or for voter suppression efforts? And is there a way to require transparency around text messages and email communications? Well, we've always struggled with transparency in the political space and with respect to the utilization of all forms of communication, whether it's texting, whether it's emails, um, whether it's social media content. And, and so what my legislation does is it, it, it lifts the veil to a certain extent in that it discloses to whomever's consuming the content that the information that they've received was generated by um, artificial intelligence. And I think that's, that's where we can strike the balance. What you'll often hear uh, from individuals who uh, uh, are, you know, using the technology uh, for nefarious means is that there's an infringement on their First Amendment rights. And what we're saying uh, through my legislation is you have a First Amendment right. We uh, applaud that First Amendment right. We all have that First Amendment right. But what you don't have is the right to weaponize materials, uh, to deceive individuals 
Um, and what you do, at, what, what we're requiring of you is that you disclose uh, that you've created content, uh, that uh, the consumer understands that what they're viewing was created to, re- to, to get a certain type of effect um, across to them. And, uh, you know, what we're, what we're seeing or what we're concerned about, most of all, is the weaponization of information. Um, prior to, in prior elections, we have seen, uh, you know, deceit, deceitful, if you will, uh, content go out to the American people through data mining and other uh, ways of gathering information that can incite, that can um, uh, raise anxiety and create uh, chaos um, in an election. And that, that's a prime time when people are beginning to key in on leadership uh, that they're hoping will, will lead them uh, you know, in the direction that they want to go, regardless of party affiliation. However, when uh, that sentiment is uh, manipulated, it can cause um, a lot of harm. And so what uh, my legislation is seeking to do is to lift the veil so that individuals are making informed choices, that they can either view the information they've received as entertainment, uh, as fantasy, uh, or as accurate. And that's uh, the most important thing that we can do for the American consumer. Congresswoman, the Supreme Court protected the rights of parody of celebrities and or public figures in Husser Magazine Incorporated versus Falwell. Can you speak to how the Real Political Advertisements Act will protect such rights? For example, a current TikTok trend is AI-generated song covers sung by President Obama, Trump, and Biden. It's a harmless video made for laughs, but where do we draw the line? Yes, absolutely. Well, we're really behind because we have not uh, established guardrails for such content uh, as we sit here today. And again, it's important um, because um, AI generates uh, imagery, voices that seem so real. Um, And, you know, it's very hard uh, for, you know, the human eye, the human mind to discern between what, uh, you know, what is actually real, for lack of a better term, and, and what has been AI generated. That leaves us all vulnerable uh, to reactions to what we do and what we hear uh, that, you know, are, are innately human um, in terms of reactions and, and can cause great harm in communities across this nation. So we've got work to do in those spaces. Um, you know, I, what, what I've started with is just the tip of the iceberg. I recognized very early on that deep fake technology uh, has already been weaponized and that we need to establish some guardrails around its use. And the guardrails are very simplistic. We're talking about disclosure. We're talking about watermarking. Things that identify the content that we're viewing, that we're hearing as AI generated. First and foremost, thank you, Congresswoman, for being here with us. Um, And I would like to pivot pivot a little bit with this question. So on July 21st, you released a statement in support of the Biden-Harris administration securing voluntary commitments from seven leading artificial intelligence companies to manage risks posed by AI. 
Could you speak more to what you would like to see out of this commitment by these private companies as they continue to work on AI development and rollout? Absolutely. Again, uh, you know, AI generated uh, content is not uh, is not really new, but what we're finding is that it is um, basically becoming more and more prevalent uh, in its utilization uh, than ever before. And as we get more information, we get to sort of the next generation of AI use in, in the twinkling of an eye. So it's really, really important, given uh, what we know, uh, that we work with uh, sort of those companies, corporations, uh, institutions, academia, uh, to to get, uh, I guess, leveled with the uh, power that exists within the AI community and that we maximize on that knowledge to protect the American people. Now, we, we, we think about it domestically uh, as ways of um, becoming more efficient. Everyone has now uh, become acquainted with chat GPT and open, uh, open AI and a whole boat host of other tools. And, and they're quite helpful. However, we know that there are bad actors out there, uh, not only domestically, but, in, in, but internationally, that uh, given the rate at which AI uh, is um, essentially getting to sort of the next level, next generation usage, um, could uh, pose a threat, uh, a disruption to our way of life. Uh, being in a democracy, uh, we, you know, we have a lot of freedom that uh, can be exploited. And uh, it's critical um, that we have those companies on board uh, as we've asked of our social media platforms to help protect the American people and our way of life from being exploited, from being disrupted, um, and from harming uh, our way of life. And I, I, I agree with the Biden administration. Many of these companies have actually stepped forward themselves out of concern of the technology being in the wrong hands and weaponized against us. And so we must, uh, again, bring everyone to the table uh, um, and make sure that uh, we have guideposts, if you will, guardrails that uh, protect us from the uh, abuses that can come from the use of AI-generated information and content. Absent Congress or the administration being able to really secure any regulations, do you see any other pathways forward for really achieving algorithmic justice? Well, you know, I, I think we have to legislate it. Um, I'm just going to be uh, quite honest with you. Uh, the administration can do, uh, you know, everything they can sort of at the margins, uh, but without a, a, a real uh, collaboration between the legislative body and uh, sort of content uh, uh, creators, uh, uh, social media platforms, we are, um, you know, leaving ourselves open uh, to, uh, you know, the conscious, if you will, uh, of these entities. Um, and when you are dealing with sort of the, the, the financial gain from uh, the utilization of your technology, uh, it's a lot harder, I believe, um, to step in 
and sort of uh, curtail your own sort of uh, profit uh, motives. So it's important that we legislate. Um, I've got a bill in uh, called the Algorithmic Accountability Act. Uh, algorithms are essentially the molecules that create the body of information and data uh, that uh, goes into, you know, the synthesizing of, um, of, of, of AI. Uh, we've yet to protect uh, data privacy in the United States of America. And, and that in of itself, all of those components and building blocks have less, left us very vulnerable to bad actors who will and can and have exploited uh, the information, the data, um, our uh, sort of wild west of, of, of social media uh, to their advantage. Do you think you can talk about the way in which AI could be used as an asset in both campaigns and elections and also governance? Well, what's so unique about AI is that, you know, it, you have the world of information at your fingertips and you can conduct a message. Um, you can uh, provide um, the uh, context for statements and information in in the you know in the click of a mouse and you can distribute it to millions of people almost simultaneously and that's good uh given you know the the fact that uh election seasons are you know a window of opportunity for communication with uh the american public and with the world quite frankly however it it it, it can also work in reverse if uh, an individual or an entity wants to disrupt uh, our democracy, uh, it, it, that can also be deployed at the click of a mouse. Uh, and when I say that, it could be something as simple as um, changing the date for election day and, you know, creating imagery uh, that substantiates uh, the need for moving election day to uh, another date as a result of, you know, some fabricated um, contact. Uh, if you want to, you know, suppress the vote, uh, you can also uh, make people fearful of a, an event or an activity uh, that has been created uh, like Hollywood online uh, to scare people into inaction. And so we know that uh, there are a host of ways in which AI is already being used to assist us um, and to uh, sort of take our uh, work ethic to a whole nother level. Uh, there are ways in which we, uh, you know, had labored previously to get information, to distribute information, uh, to uh, do mundane tasks that now um, AI uh, can do for us uh, giving us the level of uh, a new level of productivity that uh, we had never seen before in humankind, and with less people uh, needed to do it. So um, you know, it, it opens up a whole new world of activities for us as um, as human beings uh, to go out to discover, to innovate, to create um, in a way in which we didn't have the tools to do so before. I think about the fact that we now have the existential threat of climate change upon us. 
and the things that we need to do uh, to create uh, new energy sources, um, the information we need to have on how to deploy uh, new, uh, you know, electric grids and a whole host of other things that we have to do like uh, yesterday. AI is going to enable us uh, to do the type of planning, charting, uh, you know, deployment of these new technologies, uh, you know, that would have taken us maybe years before can now only, can now take us just months uh, with the right uh, folks at the table. So, you know, we, 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 are, we have a, a blessing on the one hand, if well-regulated, uh, but we have a curse on the other hand, if we allow um, AI to uh, just continue to, to grow unregulated and, um, you know, unguarded, un, un if you will. As you are currently serving on the Energy and Commerce Committee, specifically on the Communications and Technology Subcommittee, alongside the Innovation, Data, and Commerce Subcommittee, could you speak further to the work being done by these subcommittees and the overall EMC Committee in the AI space? Well, we've begun having hearings. Uh, we're still at the advent of where we need to be. I, I, I have a much more of a sense of urgency uh, around um, establishing the guardrails that I've been talking about. Um, we have yet to legislate, um, whether it's data, pro data protections for the American people or, um, you know, the, uh, establishing, um, you know, the rules of the road uh, for the use of uh, AI um, and AI-generated content. Uh, we have not weeded out algorithmic bias. And so, uh, you know, we could be baking into our systems discriminatory practices uh, that will be with us for another generation. Uh, you, you know, you compress that now into AI-generated content. Now you have the ability, you know, to be disruptive. Uh, and when I say disruptive, it's, it, it can be very harmful, very, very harmful. Um, you know, right now, uh, you know, AI's judgment is used for sentencing. Uh, individuals for uh, crimes, uh, you know, and, you know, we, we've had a history of discrimination in, in our civil society. Uh, you know, we could see our um, criminal justice system, you know, expand exponentially if bias is baked into uh, the, the, the systems we use for judgment. Uh, so th there are so many ways in which I think our uh, committee uh, needs to um, begin prod putting product out there uh, for the American people's consumption and understanding and where, you know, the Senate and the House need to be on the same page so that we are creating law that is keeping up with the modernization of our civil society. Um, we we we're not quite there yet, and, and I'm not content with where we are. I feel an urgency uh, to get us to where we need to be. We, we have the knowledge and understanding, but we don't have sort of the regulatory regime uh, that truly protects the American people. Adding on to my previous question, Senator Schumer recently rolled out his safe AI innovation framework and subsequent AI forums, which will take place this fall um, with various topics such as elections and democracy, privacy, and workforce issues. What are your thoughts on this approach and will there be similar actions taken in the House? 
Well, I'm, I, I have to say since Senator Schumer is my senator, how proud I am that he's embarked um, upon uh, this endeavor. It, it, it is critical. Um, I, I, you know, again, getting us all synchronized is really important. Uh, when I say us, we have a House and a Senate. And unfortunately, I'm not seeing the same level of urgency. Now, there have been a number of forums. Uh, there have been a few uh, oversight hearings. Uh, but that's just the tip of the iceberg of where we need to be uh, in this day and age and in this moment that we're in, where, you know, we've already uh, uh, been subjected to uh, AI and generated content. Um, and we're fortunate in that um, many of the uh, depictions that we have, we've been able to consume thus far have disclosed that they're AI generated. However, you know, in the heat of uh, a political season, we're going to be bombarded with advertising. And it's going to be far more difficult to keep up with the information that is being poured out into the American public. It, it, it creates um, sort of a, a space where, you know, it, it, it actors from um, other parts of the world um, can, uh, can slip in, if you will, um, and uh, create chaos. And so I want to say that while the Senate has acted, uh, you know, uh, marginally, if you will, uh, that the House has not even taken that step yet. And it's critical that we, we get that done. I also, also serve on the Homeland Security Committee. And so I also see um, AI um, and uh, the, the, the challenges that it poses to us as a homeland security issue. Because, you know, when, when, when you get to a point where there's a panic in the uh, American psyche and the, um, American society, uh, the disruption uh, can be fatal in, in many instances. And so we, we want to be able to make sure that we can protect the American people. Um, because, uh, you know, when you create chaos, chaos, you, you, you also open up vulnerabilities on many different levels um, to adversaries uh, who will use that as cover uh, to do some real damage to our society. So, you know, we've got to tighten up um, our exposure, if you will, uh, and make sure that we're clear-eyed in what we're dealing with. And that's why it's so important for the House of Representatives to act and for them to act in concert with the Senate and that we legislate um, the rules of the road so that we have an opportunity uh, through that lens uh, to, to, to weed out the bad actors. And quite frankly, to make sure that the American people uh, are digesting information and, and establishing sort of new habits of looking for um, the uh, hallmarks of uh, disruption that can happen to our society and they're not taken in by it. Because again, AI is so deceptive. It looks so real and it sounds so real. I, I, I talk about the visual, but we know that audio AI is uh, gaining momentum as well. Representative Yvette Clark, thank you so much for joining us on Politics is Everything to discuss the work and you and other members of Congress from both parties are doing to address generative AI 
Most importantly, we thank you for your leadership. Well, it's great to be with you. Thank you for having me. Hi, podcast listeners. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode of Politics is Everything. Editing and production was done by me, Kara Ong Whitley. You can learn more about the Center for Politics and its work to strengthen democracy on our website at centerforpolitics.org. You can also engage with us on social media at Center Number Four Politics. We welcome your suggestions and questions for future episodes. Thanks so much for tuning in. Until next time. This podcast is part of the Democracy Group.